0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Fumble. It's me, Vernon Kay, with him right over there, Darren Fletcher. How's things, Darren? Very good, mate. How are you? I am... Do you know what? I've I've not stopped smiling since approximately nine o'clock on Sunday evening. It's been an epic, epic world, crazy world of NFL this weekend. And there's one reason... Wrong, 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 wrong. See, I can't even speak! I can't even speak, <laughs> everyone. Uh, I'm so excited. My jaw is going faster than my brain. Uh, the performance of F.A. Obada this weekend was outstanding. One sack, one strip sack that got called back and an interception. But not only that, he received the game ball from Panthers head coach, Riverboat Ron Rivera. And the most beautiful moment of that whole scenario was the fact that when he was given the game ball, there's clips flying around on the when he was given the game ball, the faces of his fellow Panthers were as illuminated as his own. So it just goes to show that his work ethic has its it has been infectious and everyone was so supportive of him and it was so nice to see and it's been a really proud few days for everyone who knows F.A. Obada and everyone involved with the London Warriors and the programme, the NFL UK programme that kind of set him up on this international journey to become a legitimate NFL player. And that's what he was on Sunday, a legitimate NFL player who made an impact to the game and the final result. It was an emotional, even, I'll tell you what we did, Darren. When, when the game finished, I went to the wine cupboard, cracked open a bottle, and Tess and I, straight to come down since Tess daily, we had a lovely glass of Pinot Noir, <laughs> and we celebrated FA's success
2: because he deserves it. I'm glad it meant as much to Tess as it did to you. Yeah, it that's, does that's because it,
0: because she knows how much I love the Warriors and, and you know it, it became a part of our lives for four years when I was playing for them and to see this guy come from literally nothing, and when I say nothing, I mean nothing. He had nothing when he first came to the UK via Amsterdam, to now being on the 53-man roster and then making the team on Sunday to face the Bengals. It was such an emotional, an emotional time. And I've just not stopped smiling since.
2: You know, I don't want to be controversial here, but I was really pleased for him. And I was really pleased because of him, as you've mentioned, for the NFL over here. But it's maybe for a slightly different reason. I've not got the connection to the Warriors or the connection to Effie that that you have. But I, I get sick and tired of us trying to almost force a brick onto an NFL roster and into a team. Effie Abad is there, as you've said, on merit. Menelik Watson is there on merit. But there are certain instances that I look at and I think it's a bit embarrassing. So the discus thrower that we, we chucked over there, stuck him on the practice squad because he's got a big body and everything else, he's athletic, let's go and make him an NFL player. You don't just make somebody an NFL player. It's not what happens. You know, this is like saying, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm quite fit. i am going to play in the Premier League. You don't do it. You've got to have a, a tremendous amount of natural ability, work ethic, a background in the game. And I think the fact that we've got a genuine one or two over there who are there on merit, who are making an impact, who are getting game balls, the interception that he made was top class. Hey, was. Well, Fantastic <laughs> ball skills, great ball skills. You know, if you were looking at a, a potential draftee with ball skills like that, they'd rise up draft boards. But I just think it's great the fact that he's there on merit and he's done it and he's earned it and he's in there. And it's not one that we've almost thrown in to try and, you know, get as a Brit in the NFL to help the process. So that gets on my nerves a little bit when I see that. But it makes me so proud when I see the other version of it. Which is what we saw at the weekend, which was tremendous.
0: Yeah, you're right. Lawrence Ocoyo is an absolute physical specimen. The discus yeah, thrower who, who participated not, for Team yeah. GB and then thought, you know what, I'll go and try American football. It's different. Yeah. It, you're right. It is different it is. because you need an insight into the game. And even though FA only played a handful <laughs> of games for the London Warriors, oh, Let's let's start again. Let me rephrase that. He only played a handful of games of American football in general prior to being uh, scouted and and prior to being put on the international programme. Then he joined the Cowboys, then Kansas City, and then he flipped around um, a couple of other teams, but then finally landed on the Panthers. And it's been a blessing for him, it really has. And one of the most beautiful things that he said at the end of the game was, you guys are my family, because that's what FA hasn't really had in his life. And to see that emotion come through and the fact that they've accepted him as one of their own is just absolute class. And I doffed my cap to Adam Dirty, who took uh, FA under his wing. Adam, now uh, linebacker's assistant at the Atlanta Falcons, former Warrior defensive uh, coach as well. And Alistair Kirkwood. Let's not forget Alistair Kirkwood. Alistair Kirkwood does a hell of a lot for the UK fans via the NFL UK office. And if anyone is responsible for this success. It's got to be Alistair and then Adam Durdy. So well done, fellas. A huge, huge uh, pat on the back. Great success to you guys. Let's hope it continues. It's only one game. Let's, let's just stop for one moment, Darren. It's one game. He had a great game. Now the pressure is on for him to continue and not let the success get to his head or get in the way of his journey to becoming a real name in the NFL.
2: Yeah, it's it's fantastic to watch now. Now we can watch the story with interest. Mm. You mentioned a, a, a Koya. You know, for me, that was that was the playing equivalent of Max Boyce meets the Dallas Cowboys all those years ago. You know, that just I was a program. So a made-for-TV exercise. And Clive can Allen, a, Clive Allen at the, the Rams. Yeah, exactly. You know, can a, can an Olympic discus thrower make it on an NFL roster? The answer is no. He's on the practice squad. He's not going to do it. Might be in the CFL or somewhere now. But this guy. Is there on merit. He's there because he deserves to be. And when the lights were shining brightest and he received his opportunity, he had the ability to go and make an impact that was not just noticed by us, but as you say, it was noticed by the coach and the players and the outpouring of love towards him when he made the play was was there for all to see. i tell you what I've been told today, the little Dicky Bird tells me that he's due back in the UK later this week, but he was due back to... Um, to sort out his visa. So he's got to get the visa updated so he can carry on working over there. So he's got to fly back. <laughs> so he was initially going to be a nice, quiet journey back, nipping, get the visa. But after the play at the weekend at the game ball, he's now got the Carolina Panthers flying in with him. He's got NFL Network flying in with him. He's now the hottest ticket in town. And he's become a big story stateside for the people over there. He's always been a big story for us on the fumble and people who cover the NFL in the UK. But he's now suddenly become a big story over there and they want to follow FA over to the UK. They want to see what he does and they're going to make a big thing of it. So all of a sudden he's become a very visible figure to people in the National Football League and not just people over here in in, in the UK.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see the amount of, well, FA Obada, let's be honest, Darren, he's going to have an entourage. He's going to be like J-Lo. (laughs) <laughs> well, a bit like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's purely down to the success of the Family Fortunes interactive D- DVD game, though. You know what I mean, Darren, which is still available of course. for Christmas. Uh, of course. One thing that uh, I should point out, which is really funny I remember when FA was at training with the Warriors, and he, his first few handful of practices he played in his trainers. And I think the Jags had just previously been in the UK and they left a load of. Uh, what? Oh, uh, food's arrived, Darren. Thank you very much, my no friend. Appreciate that. Uh, what have you got? What is it? A couple of boxes of chicken, I'll be honest oh, with you. Okay. Uh, and, and the okay. Jaguars had left a few boxes of Nike cleats or boots behind. And right. he's like, I haven't got any boots. Uh, and the the Warriors have this kind of lockup that's just full of stuff. So we went and got him a pair of boots. And he's like, you need some gloves. And I'm like, uh, you can borrow my... I've got a pair of gloves you can borrow. You know, the old tatty, sticky gloves. So he literally had nothing to play the game of. And if you look at the old pictures of FA at the Warriors, he's got the worst shoulder pads and the worst helmets in the history of the game. He looks like Sam Bradford.
1: You know how Sam Bradford plays quarterback with ill-fitting equipment? He's got yeah. the
0: worst helmet and the, the least sexiest pads in the in the league. Well, FA looked like that. He looked dreadful. But no, he was walking around with some serious
2: swag on Sunday. Love it. i got to say, just check yourself as well. It's early in the podcast, but let's not forget, you're from Bolton, but not cleats. I know, I said that. I said boots. Yeah, but you went cleats first. I know. Well, the
0: majority of our listeners are big NFL fans. In fact, let's say hello to the handful of Australians that yes. listen to the pod, our Icelandic fran- uh, friends that listen <laughs> yes. to the fumble. You know, yeah. guess Darren. We've got a. Is it
2: Morocco as well? We're quite big in Morocco, I'm told. By yeah, we course. have.
0: We have. We have one subscriber in Morocco. But guess where the majority after the UK, the majority
2: of our subscribers are from. Well, I know the answer to this, and this kind of legitimizes what we do. The USA. Yeah, so it legitimizes what we do. They probably think these two English pillacs over <laughs> there. <laughs> We're, we're, we're probably providing tremendous comedy value on a, a weekly basis over there. But, you know, we take ourselves semi-seriously. Not too seriously, obviously, no. but it is great, the fact that so many people over there are listening to us as well. That's Well, great. I know why Times. they tune in.
0: I know why they tune in, Darren, because they right. can't wait for your statistics.
2: Well, I've got some later. Hey, hey Darren, just just quickly, Darren. Yeah.
0: All right, No, I know that uh, you got given a lot of NFL hats uh, from the NFL UK office for all your hard I work did. on uh, Regent Street. Uh, they paid you in hats, by all accounts. And, and you've put them up as prizes on our fantasy football I have. Uh, league. So basically, the person with the biggest scoring difference wins a baseball cap of their choice. Guess which baseball cap I'm wearing today, Darren.
2: Well, it was Jules who won it, just to give him a mention. Jules from the Ballers, co-manager of Hooters in Nottingham. These are the kind of people that we're knocking about with. He's, he's picked an NFL hat. I... See, Crossy said to me, Vern's going to ask what he's wearing today during the podcast." And I'd written down pink negligee, but I, yeah. I, I misread that. I'd misread it. I, I, it meant you meant on your head. So there was a little rumour doing the rounds that you'd gone for a bit of Browns merch. So I'm wondering whether you've got a Cleveland Browns hat up. No, I wanted the Cleveland Browns oh. uh,
0: merch. I've gone full on Feo Bada fanboy. Have you? You going for a Carolina Panthers? I got the Carolina Panthers cap, and I'm wearing my Warriors hoodie. Uh, it's. It, it, I talked about it at the top of the of, of the podcast. Love I'm not it. Gonna, not going to bore anyone again, but it's been such an amazing week. Uh, so I thought I'd represent.
2: And and quite right too.
0: So let's go yeah. uh, from the elation of Feo Bada in the NFL to the sadness and the sorrow of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is out. He is done. ACL tear, well, Really yeah. bizarre. Uh, it was is a it non-contact sad? injury. It looked is really it, innocuous. Is it
2: sad? When you say sad, is it sad?
0: Well, it's what? sad for this reason and this one just one reason only. All right? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a quote from someone on Twitter, uh, Kyan, I think it is, Cian. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a 27-year-old quarterback coming off a torn ACL, costing £20 million against the cap, with 361 career pass attempts when he opens next season as the 49ers' starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, the the second-highest play player in the NFL, so I shouldn't feel too sorry for him off the back of that. And I've got to say, Vern, the reason why I was being a little bit sarcastic there when you said sad was that this injury was so avoidable. Do you think? Jimmy Garoppolo Garoppolo is running for a first down. He has the necessary yardage. He's beyond the first-down marker. He's running towards the sideline and he's got six Kansas City Chiefs defenders around him. Just step out of bounds. Do the sensible thing. Get out of the way. Don't try and cut back inside to get one or two yards more. And it's not just me saying this. I heard a fascinating interview in the locker room after the game from Justin Houston, the defensive end of Kansas City. Right. And he said, look, it's his own fault. You know, we feel bad for him, but you've got to step out of bounds. An experienced quarterback in that situation who's thinking clearly in the moment would have just stepped out of bounds. But he's not. He's coming back in to try and make another cut. For what? To get pulverized by the six defenders who are over there with him. It just made no sense that he put himself in that position. It now causes a massive problem for the 49ers. They've got TJ Beathard coming in to replace him. Oh, my who, God. You know, to be quite honest, Vern, is a no-hoper in NFL terms. Their season's now done. But it will help them. It'll get them a a higher draft pick next year. And they probably weren't ready to win this time. But you've got to get that Kyle Shanahan offense learned. You've got to get game experience. And to do that, you've got to be on the field. And I think the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo, the thing he's got to learn from all of this, is that there is a time to be a hero. And there is a time to be sensible. And on Sunday, he took the wrong decision. And if he'd have taken the right decision, he probably would have finished the game. He'd have been out there this week. He wouldn't have had a torn ACL and we wouldn't be having the conversation. But because he tried to get the extra yard, which he didn't need, and did the, the silly thing, he's ended up getting injured. Now, I'm sympathetic that he's injured, but you've got to look at the quarterback, the most valuable player on any team, and he's got to make sure that he can play all 16 games if you want to win. So let's be honest, if you lose the quarterback, you are finished in the NFL.
0: Yeah, we've talked um, about that in the past. You're right. Yeah, I, I agree yeah, with you. But you know what, Darren? Simon Cross, our amazing ex- executive producer, Like his daughter, Martina, at least, Darren, they didn't injure his face.
2: Ah, well, there you go. I tell you what, I looked today, you know, we kind of had the conversation before, you know, why why don't teams invest in a better backup? And I looked Mm. at all 32 teams today, and there's only three or four where you'd say, well, they'd be okay if they lost the starter. The Browns have got Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. The Saints have got Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. Philly, of course, have got Carson Wentz and Nick Folds. Yeah. And, and the Colts have got Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett. But after that, the rest of them, 28 teams, if they lose their starting quarterback, they're finished. Here's an idea, by the way, two things the 49ers could do. Number one is trade with the Cleveland Browns for Tyrod Taylor because the Browns are going to start Baker Mayfield the rest of the way. The second one, why not re-sign Colin Kaepernick? Anybody thought ah! about that? Great show, Durham. Great show.
0: Because Kaepernick didn't leave San Francisco on bad terms, did he? Really? Let's be honest.
2: No. no. Who do you who do you want? TJ Beathard or Colin Kaepernick? It's well, a no-brainer. He threw for 1,430
0: yards, four touchdowns and six interceptions in seven appearances last year.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, there you this, go. <laughs> this
0: guy, the best thing about this is hopefully they're gonna to turn to the run game. And I've got Brader in my fantasy team.
2: Well, that's yeah, that's okay. So that, that's good for you. Yeah. But good, I'm thinking about me. them. They they could still legitimately win with Colin Kaepernick. You know, mm. they could still semi save the season. I mean they might they might not want to. They might think, well okay, you know, let's let's just give better a go and then let's see where we are and we'll kind of focus on next year. But there is an option out there. If, if, if they want to do it, that there is a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, the man that led the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl, let's not forget. Yep. So there is real history there of success, and he sat in his house when he's not working for Nike on the big ad campaign, doing absolutely <laughs> jack shit at the moment. <laughs> oh, Darren dropped a swear word. It's usually me. Well, I'm, so soon I'm in the quite, podcast, Darren. Yeah, but, but I'm quite angry about the Kaepernick thing anyway, because I think the fella's being unfairly treated. You know, yeah. he's got, you know, I, I don't want to get into all that, but he should be working in the NFL. You know, of those quarterbacks in the league, he's better than, if you look at the backups... He's better than most of them. Yeah, you know, he's, he's def- better than he- some of the starters. So. Yeah,
0: he's definitely been ostracised from the league, without yeah. doubt. And also, yeah. let's not forget, he knows the city, he knows the fans. I would say that the fans are split 60 40 in his favour. Uh, he needs to get to know that uh, Shanahan offence because he is one of the best offensive coordinators in the league at the moment. Yeah. And also, the fact that imagine Colin Kaepernick now stepping onto the field. I think I think he would step on as a hero. Welcomed back into the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, come and save this team. Because if you look at what uh, John Lynch has done in the offseason, he wants the 49ers to be a success and a success quickly. He doesn't want to be a five-year GM building a squad. He wants to do it. now. And I think that's a good shout for Colin Kaepernick. Bravo, Darren. Ooh. Once again, yes. I doff my cap.
2: You see, something else I was going to talk to you about today. I know you're a big Patriots fan. You tipped them for the Super Bowl. they the one and two. You know, they weren't very good at the weekend. I was going to kind of say to you, are they done? But then I got thinking today, Vern, and I've got a slightly different question. And I didn't, I didn't let you know about this because I, I wanted to hit you cold with it. Oh. I want to know, basically, what the New England Patriots do with their money. Where is it? We do
0: know for a fact that Robert Kraft... Has a tremendous collection of Nike Air trainers, but that's a good I, Darren. I have no idea
2: because there is a serious there is a serious side to this. Yeah, because and that they, is that they don't they don't
0: splash it. out on big players, no. do they? If you yeah, look at yeah. the fact that they ju- just brought in um, uh, your man uh, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon from the Cleveland yeah. Browns, yeah. he's going to cost them nothing because oh. he's on the trash heap. Yeah, Because of his reputation and the, the luggage, the baggage that he brings with him, they don't splash out, really, in free agency. They must have cap space.
2: But the reason why I ask you is that you're, you're the biggest Tom Brady fan that I know. Yeah. All the way through Tom Brady's career, he's constantly restructured his contract and taken pay cuts to give them more room under the cap. Yeah. So how do they reward Tom Brady for that? He goes into an NFL season where his best wide-receiving options for the first four weeks were Philip Dorsett and Chris Hogan. He's going to get Edelman back, but he's coming off an ACL, and now they've got a fella that they couldn't get out of Cleveland soon enough who's the option. Rob Gronkowski is Rob Gronkowski, but we've all read this week that they were talking to the Detroit Lions in the offseason about trading him. Mm. I look at the defensive side of the ball. The one potential superstar they got was Chandler Jones. They didn't want to pay him. So they traded him to the Arizona Cardinals for a guard who they've subsequently cut. Stefan Gilmore, the cornerback, might get a couple of quid, but not a great deal. The LA Rams, meanwhile, on the other side of the, the, the spectrum, are paying and Domac and Sue, Aaron Donald. They've just signed a keep to leave. They know they've got to pay Todd Gurley. They're giving out contracts hand over fist. Now, are they using a different bank to the New England Patriots? Because (laughs) the Patriots quarterback keeps giving them money back, and they don't spend it. Now, when you look at it and say, can they win the Super Bowl this year? I said I didn't think they could at the start of the year, and I stand by that now. But I think they probably could if they spent a bit more money. And I wonder if Brady sits there in the morning over breakfast with Giselle, passes the milk, do you want cornflakes or me? By the way, you know when you keep taking these pay cuts, Tom? This is my best Giselle Bündchen impression. So, when did, you keep so making, spot on, Darren. Yeah, when you keep taking the pay cuts, Tom, what do they spend it on? He might turn around and say, well, the, the owner likes Nike Air Max trainers. <laughs> He'd like to say, well, they spend it on game changers, players who can help me win. And this is the off-season where we need it more than any other. And they don't do it. And I wonder what he thinks. It just seems a bizarre situation to me, that's all.
0: Yeah, let us know on Twitter what you think. Where do the New England Patriots put all their cash? Where do they spend it? Um, What do they do with it? Why have they not invested in the team? You know where we are on Twitter. You know where we are on the Instagram as well. Drop us your questions or drop us your answers. It's not questions we want. now. it's answers. What are the Patriots doing with their cash? Because I reckon if you think about the amount of pay cuts that Tom Brady has had to pay or to... to, to, uh, To manage the Patriots' salary cap, I reckon when he retires, he's going to get the keys to a massive vault in Boston somewhere, and say, "You know what, Tom? (laughs) All that cash in this vault is yours. Thank you. There's your career bonus. Right?" There's your
2: money. There's your money back again. Yeah, because we we didn't spend it. Because we didn't spend it on game changes. We've got listeners in Boston. We know that. You know, is Robert Kraft addicted to the arcades? Is he in there all the time with a? (laughs) bag of 10 p's, pumping it in and he's, he's he's got a Tom Brady bag. I don't know. I just can't work out where it goes.
0: But is it not a reflection of the fact that they've got one of the most successful head coaches of all time? Do they not rely on Bilicek to take guys off the scrap heap, to take free agents, to take rookies yeah. and turn them into yeah. superstars? Is that yeah, not the formula what? that we've become accustomed to with the New England Patriots?
2: Yeah, but they shouldn't have to. That's what I'm saying. If, if Brady was keeping all the cash and they, was, they were spending money hand over fist, then you've got to do that, but they're not. He keeps restructuring his contract for what? Why? What's it being spent on? Where's the money? I've got no idea. So I, I, I agree with you that they are the best we've ever seen at doing exactly what you've just said. Yeah. Because in, in this era, they've done it better than anybody else. Before this era came about, the big franchises could stay big because they got more money. But in a salary cap era, they've been brilliant at it. But if they spend the money that Brady gives them back, they don't need to do it. They should have superstars elsewhere on the roster for him. The not only any... superstar they've ever had is Randy Moss. That's it. Everybody else has come through their system. He's the only one that they've gone out and said, we're going to get this guy. Where is the Patriots' cash? Where is it? Funny. Funny. Let me just tell you a quick story before Oh, here we
0: go. All right, one sec. Wait, 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 one sec. Let me get comfy. Let me open my second box of chicken and my fries. Go on, then. Um, And and everyone listening, strap yourselves in on the train. Don't close your eyes. You won't fall asleep. It's going to be an exciting story, as they always are from Darren. Uh, Right, one second. I am ready. Off you go.
2: It's not not that exciting, but, you know, we kind of, every now and again, we we give a little book review or, or something that we've come across that people might be interested in. Yeah. One of the best authors out there for American sports books is a guy called Jeff Perlman. He did Gunslinger, the, Jeff, uh, the, the Brett Favre book, the Walter Payton sweetness book. He digs deep, he'll find the dirt, he'll tell the complete story, he's not afraid to do it. He's got a great book out of them minute called USFL, Football for a Book, The Crazy Rise and the Crazier Demise of the USFL. Now the USFL, for people who don't know, was a spring-stroke summer league in the mid-'80s where the idea was to take on the NFL. They got players like Jim Kelly and Herschel Walker to play for them instead of going to NFL teams. It lasted about four or five years. Donald Trump apparently ruined it. Get the book, and you can find the full story. But I was reading the chapter last night, Vernon, and I thought, wow, there's no wonder the league didn't, didn't work. In 1984, they decided to expand, and they expanded by six or seven teams, in one uh, close season, which was crazy. But during the course of the expansion, I've never seen anything like this anywhere before. So there was a team called the Chicago Blitz and a team called the Arizona Wranglers. Right. Now, during the course of the summer of 1983, or the winter of 1983, because they played in the summer, the entire roster of the Chicago Blitz was traded for the entire roster of the Arizona Wranglers. What? Now, yeah, yeah, they traded one roster for another, right? (laughs) At the same time, the Chicago Blitz hired Marv Levy, Hall of Famer, took Buffalo to four Super Bowls, hired Marv Levy to be the head coach. But they didn't tell Marv Levy (laughs) that they traded the entire roster. (laughs) So Marv Levy came in thinking he was inheriting a team that finished 12-6 and and got to the playoffs. He'd actually got the group of lads that finished 4 and fourteen for the Arizona Wranglers. Now, twenty-one of the players acquired by the Blitz—bear with me here—were yeah. then immediately traded to the Memphis Showboats. <laughs> now, now one thing, one thing that didn't happen here: none of the players were told. None of them knew, what? so they were calling the t- None of them knew, so they were then calling the team, saying, "When does training camp start?" And they're saying, well, you're not with us anymore. You've been traded to Arizona. When they then rang Arizona, they were then told, yeah, you were traded to us, but we've now traded you to Memphis. And then of the 21 that were traded to Memphis, 20 were released before camp even started. Oh, my God. So <laughs> they they just never played again. Oh, my they God. The, they finished the season as a USFL player. And by the start of next season, they've been traded twice and bombed out altogether. It's, I've never, when you wonder why leagues fail, I, I can't think of anything more bizarre in sport than that. That's like Real Madrid giving the entire team to Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool then sending half a dozen on to Man United, and Man United just release them and you never see them again. I mean, it would never happen. It would never happen. And this book is full of stories like that. This league was crazy. There was one fella, I can't remember his name, he actually got his penis caught in a window and had to be released by the team. It's, it's crackers. You've got to get the book and read it. It's mad. He got caught, but not for religious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got caught in more, more than one place. He, he, oh. he got he, Seriously, it's great. You've got to get it. USFL, football for a book, the crazy rise and the crazy demise of the USFL by Jeff Pilman. It's it's bonkers, mate. And, and Donald Trump is front and centre all the way through. It is stark raving. Mad did Jeff Mad. Perlman write Boys Will Be
0: Boys about the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Is that I think him? He might have
0: done. I think, think he, he did. might have done. Yeah. I
2: think he did. He's brilliant. And he, he doesn't mind dishing the dirt. He's fantastic. Fantastic. I tell you another quick one. Steve Young was signing for the LA Express. And the, the owner got more and more drunk while the general manager was negotiating with Lee Steinberg and, and, and Steve Young. At one point, he got them in the office. This was in the early hours of the morning and ran towards the window of the high-rise block steamboat with a chair in his hand to throw it out the window. He then poached Steve Young in the chest and Steve Young had to tell him he was going to knock him out if he did it again. Steinberg and Young were then thrown out onto the streets of LA at four o'clock in the morning with no contract. The next day, the owner sobered up and had to ring and apologise and then wow. beg him to sign the contract. This is how the league was run on a daily basis. It was mad. So what's it called again? Give us a recap. It's called USFL, Football for a Book, The Crazy Rise and the Crazier Demise of the USFL by Jeff Perlman. You've got to get it. You've got to read it. If you like American football and you wonder how these leagues work and you wonder why the NFL has stood alone for so long, you will understand why. This is absolutely mad.
1: It's bonkers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
0: I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. Even though uh, holidays are done, holidays
2: are over. I'll tell you what, half-term book. There's a new there's a new Belichick book coming out as well by Ian O'Connor. He's done 350 interviews with different people, and it's the definitive biography of Bill Belichick, and that's supposed to be a fascinating read as well. And I was listening to another podcast of an American radio station this week, and one of the Patriots coaches has is quoted in the book as saying that they're happy to have Tom Brady but they feel with a the system they've got in place that they could have any of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league and have the success that they've had. Oh. Which I think is so, so insulting and so wrong. Wow. It's, yeah, so I want to read that one too. That's on the way out as well. So that'll be worth a read. Is it called Bilicek, I Know Where the Money Is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go on. It's, called, it's called Brady, Where's My Money Gone? Probably. <laughs> End yeah. go. the... Zone for the pick six. We've all talked about
0: it. NFL fans are, are whooping and hollering about the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Kansas City break the Miami Dolphins' long-standing record and go undefeated this season? Do
2: you know what? They've been the best team to watch, haven't they, over the course of the season so far? I'm going to say no. Expect regression from Pat Mahomes. When teams look at the film, they're going to find one or two things wrong with him. They've not managed to establish a very strong running game as yet, probably because they haven't had to. The defence is terrible. They've still got road games in New England and on the road against the Rams. They've got to play Jacksonville, whose defence is going to be right up for slowing down Patrick Mahomes. So I've got to say Nova. And I don't think they're going to go through the card. They've got a relatively OK schedule, but I think they're going to find one or two bumps in the road. And let's not forget this as well. If you look at his track record as a head coach, Andy Reid's teams are always better from week one to week eight than they are from week eight to week 16. Don't ask me why, but they're better starters than they are finishers, hence why he's only been to the Super Bowl once and that was all those years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles. I've got to say no.
0: Do you not think that the Kansas City Chiefs are the early teams that Jurgen Klopp used to put out where it's like, yeah, okay, you can score. (laughs) You can score, we'll give you that. But you know what? We're going to score more than you because their offense is electrifying. They've got weapons all over the field. Tight end, wide receiver, running back—they can all catch. They can all run. And Mahomes, we talked about uh, Dak Prescott a couple of weeks ago, and how inaccurate he is. But I tell you what—the long ball, Mahomes is on the money. This guy yeah. can fire a rocket, a laser yeah. strike.
2: Absolutely. Well we've got to—we've got to maintain. I called him Pat Mahomes at the start, Patrick at the end. We have to call him Patrick Mahomes. His mother's been out there in the U.S. saying he's Patrick Mahomes. His dad was Pat Mahomes, who was a pitcher in the major leagues for the Texas Rangers. He played on the same Texas Rangers team as Alex Rodriguez. So the dad is Pat Mahomes, and the son is Patrick Mahomes, and apparently he's going to stay Patrick Mahomes. So there you go. Here's one for you then, pal. Go on, then. Who is the Who's the most unexpected team who have made a successful start to the season? I'm kind of thinking about Miami, the Buccaneers, the Redskins, the Browns. Of the teams that are kind of punching... You put the Kansas City Chiefs in there. Teams that are punching above their weight, which one's impressed you the most?
0: Well, you've got to be... You've got to say, first of all, the Browns. Congratulations. You know, starting off the season with a draw. They've actually got a win. Um, something to celebrate there. Something is going right, finally... In the Cleveland Browns camp, something is happening. Is it the uh, brand new quarterback, Baker Mayfield? He's going to start this weekend, by the way, so we'll find out what kind of QB he is. I just hope to God he's not another Johnny Football because that's how that's the kind of football he played at college. You know, run around a bit, launch it, quite accurate, but let's just hope that the NFL isn't too much for him. So far, so good. I've got to say, my surprise, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm. you know, because if you look at Fitz Magic. He's a backup. Let's not forget. He is a backup because their starting QB is—is is he injured or is he suspended? He's when suspended. Jameis Winston suspended. is suspended. Yeah. So in steps Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's lighting up the statistics.
2: You know, unbelievable. Would you would you stick with Fitzpatrick or 100% start Winston when it's available? No, stick I think I think
0: Jameis Winston has lost the locker room. Okay. Ever since he was eating the W's. I think he's gone yeah. down in his teammates' estimations, and also too much baggage. You know, every everyone's got their own personal problems. Yeah, but you have to learn from your mistakes. You really do. And I think that uh, as a team, they seem to have rallied behind Fitzpatrick. Fitz Magic is bringing the magic to Tampa Bay, and I think they're a surprise. But also Miami, the Miami mm. Dolphins, They're three and all, Darren. Three and all behind Ryan Tannehill, who, who was non-existent last year due to injury. Oh,
2: I tell you what, you wait till I get to my numbers in a question's oh, time. There's a little, Ryan, go. There's a little go. Ryan Tannehill in there that you're going to love. The one that's impressed me the most, and I think they've got the best chance to stick around, Washington Redskins. They've got a top five defence. They've got a pro bowl quarterback in Alex Smith. They've got a running back in Adrian Peterson, who's rolling back the years. They are a very functional team. I think they're going to be in a division where they could potentially win it. I'm not convinced by Philadelphia. I'm not convinced by the Giants. The Cowboys stink. I think the Redskins can have a real run at winning that division in the NFC. So I think they might be a surprise playoff team. And if they can get a bit of momentum and Alex Smith can look after the ball, they might be in a position to go a long way. Let's wait and see.
0: There was a lot of chitter-chatter about the Redskins, about whether Alex Smith now with this team is just a dunk run quarterback. You know Because they don't have... Uh, an A-game wide receiving core. You know, it's all right. It's all right. But he's not, he's yet to launch, uh, I think, anything really farther than 20 yards. So he's just dumping it off. And the ball carriers are taking it down the field. But you know what? Drives, they chew up time. They really do. If you can put a good drive together, short yardage, continue with your first downs, you chew up the clock, you prevent the other team's offense from getting on the field. The basics of American football, really. And that's what they're doing.
2: This team might actually suit him quite well. Yeah, because of exactly what you've just said.
0: Yeah, and I think that. Yeah. Excuse me, I've not finished my second chicken box yet. It sounds great, the chicken. It sounds it's delicious. It's got that <laughs> garlic mayonnaise. You know that aioli? Not arioli. That's, that's different. But aioli.
2: <laughs> it's really good. Hey, I tell you what. Talking about arioli, I did the <laughs> Champions League a couple of weeks ago, and the goalkeeper of PSG was called Ariola. That <laughs> I wondered on the commentary. I wondered on the commentary if you made a mistake. If I could have said Areola is a right tit, to McElroy, <laughs> uh, And I got it in my mind, but I thought, no, I might get fired, so no, I didn't bother. We
0: don't want you to get him fired, Darren. We don't. We don't uh, need no. that. We don't. Need I can't that. afford. I can't afford to get fired. No, Mrs F loves the high life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all
2: right, so Darren, here it is. This one to you. Give us the numbers, baby. Okay so I'm going to save the Tannehill for the last one today I'm going to give you four this week All right First one is this The New England Patriots have suffered double digit losses for the first time in 242 games which is which spans 16 years It's Whoa! the second long yeah it's the second longest streak in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers who went 295 games without double digit losses from 1980 to 1999. That is how efficient and consistent the New England Patriots have been under Bill Belichick with Tom Brady. Astonishing, eh? Just just,
0: just clarify what
2: a double-digit... Losing by 10 points or more in successive games. Double-digit losses in successive games for the first time in 16 years, 242 games. That's how good they've been. That is insane. Yeah, I know. Here's the next one. On. We were we were worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers not having Le'Veon Bell. So through three games last season, Le'Veon Bell had 236 scrimmage yards. Through three games of this season, James Connor, his backup and replacement, has 352 scrimmage yards. He's 120 yards better than Le'Veon Bell was last season at the same stage of this season. Wow! So they're okay. Good start. And there's yeah, rumour abound, rumour abound. Oh, that
0: you were right, Darren.
1: Oh. You said last week
0: on the fumble that you've got a funny feeling that the Jets might pick up the phone, that they might ring the Pittsburgh Steelers and say, All right, fellas, this Le'Veon Bell guy, what do you right. reckon? should we open a conversation?
2: I'm led to believe the phone might well have been picked up, my friend, in the last 24 hours. Yes, indeed it. Indeed it. Darren Darren Fletcher was there first. Bravo. When you you said earlier that we've got listeners in the US, it's quite clearly Todd Bowles and the (laughs) GM of the New York Jets who (laughs) are listening to the football every week. I've got two more for you. The Oakland Raiders, who, as I said before, a a pass was thrown, won't win more than four games this year. They're 0-3. As a team, the Raiders have three sacks. Ugh. Khalil Mack, who they traded to the Bears, has four sacks on his own. Wow. How's that deal looking, by the way? Wow. wow! And here's your Ryan Tannehill. Here we go. In Ryan Tannehill's last ten starts in the NFL, he and the Miami Dolphins are nine and one. Mm. The Owen, the three and zero start, mm. might not be quite so surprising. Ryan Tannehill, when he's under centre for the Miami Dolphins, is a winning quarterback and they are a winning team. He is nine and one in his last ten starts. Don't be surprised by what you're seeing from Miami. And what about this one, Vern? I'm gonna pick him this week to make it three defeats in a row for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. I oh Darren. Yes. That makes me really upset. I know. I know, but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So while you cry over your chicken, I'm going to fire this one straight at you. If you could be any NFL player, open brackets, other than Tom Brady, close brackets, (laughs) who would you be? Well, I think
0: we've raised this issue. We've raised this point about the NFL at the moment and the state of the game, shall we call it, about the fact that NFL players... Let's not forget the professional athletes, guys who are paid to do a job on the field. NFL defensive players now are finding it difficult to get their head around the fact that they can't tackle anymore. Because I've seen some hits where 250-pound linebackers are being told that you have to change your body shape, you have to change your angle of attack. When you are pelting it down the field, let's not forget that some of these linebackers run a 4-4, 4-5 over 40 yards. So they are quick. They are very quick. And when you've got all that weight heading towards a quarterback, they can't stop. They can't stop. And it's been bred into our running backs, into our defensive backs, into linebackers to tackle by lowering your hips. So therefore, when you lower your hips, your head comes up. And that's why the majority of tackles are being penalised for helmet-to-helmet contact. I don't understand it. So let's go back to the old school. The one player that I would be would be Ronnie Lott because that's why I played free safety. He played cornerback and free safety for the San Francisco 49ers, picked up four Super Bowl wins, went on to play for the Raiders and the Jets at the back end of his career, but he was still a force to be reckoned with. And this guy put it all on the line. There's a famous story of him getting the end of his little finger caught in someone's face cage, I think it was, or under
2: someone's shoulder pads. And it that's, literally... <laughs> that's that's the that's the professional version of the fella from the USFL getting his walk yeah. caught in the window.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> The tip of Ronnie Lott's finger was literally hanging off. It was. Hanging off by a thread yeah. of skin. And he went, I'm not going to the locker room, just pull it off. So he bit down on his gum shield and just pulled the end of his finger off. They wrapped it up and he carried on playing... Uh, To the end of the game, where he then went on to hospital to have it stitched up and sorted off. And I've seen that finger. He was at uh, one of the Wembley games early on in the international series, and he just sauntered in, and I was like, "Oh my God, that is, in my eyes, then, and still now, that is God on the NFL football field." Ronnie Lott. If you're unaware, if you're a new fan to NFL and you're unaware who Ronnie Lott is, just give him a YouTube, have a look, and look at the ferocity. And the violent way that he played the game. I mean, it's it's the game of the past. We'll never see the game played like this ever again for safety reasons. And yes, it was dangerous. But just look at the way that he put his body on the line. It is unbelievable. And I feel sorry for all his victims. There's one hit Monday night game against the New York Giants. And Phil Simms throws a pass straight down the middle to his tight end Mark Bavaro. And it's overthrown, and he literally hangs him out to dry. Ronnie Lock, shoulder pad, face cage—it's sickening, but also fulfilling at the same time. Darren, <laughs>
2: Do you know, I—I I, I, I kind of thought you'd go Ronnie Lock. So I know what you think about him, but the way you went the chicken, I thought you might have gone for the refrigerator. <laughs> I've got to be honest—the way that chicken went. Out. My, mine's really simple, and it goes back to a book that you mentioned earlier in the fumble today. I've read "Boys Will Be Boys." I just want to be Michael Irvin. End of. If you've not, if you need, if you need any explanation as a listener to that, read the book. Boys will be boys. Get back to me. You'd yeah. all join me on that. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to comment from now on, Darren, because I've read yeah. the book. I know yeah. what Michael Irvin's all about. Uh, yes. So, so if yeah. you don't know, if you don't know the stories, uh, have a good read of Boys Will Be Boys, and that's why Darren wants to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael Irving Michael
0: Irvin. yeah. no problem yeah. no problem yeah. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh my goodness me yeah. Oh, classic alright here we go we've seen all four of the top 10 quarterback draft picks yeah. Josh Josh Sam and Baker who will be the best by the end of next season not this right. season that, no, we're going to right. give them time yeah. to establish themselves yeah. by next season
2: yeah, now there's a caveat here, and that is the question is by the end of next season. This yeah. is not who's going to be the best of that bunch over an NFL career. If you're if you're going to ask me that, I would say Sam Darnold. I thought he was the best quarterback coming out. He's the more prototypical NFL quarterback, and I think over the balance of a decade or longer, I think he'll turn out to be the best of the bunch. But I think by the end of next season, it might just be Baker Mayfield, and I'll tell you why. I think he's going to make more individual plays with his feet. I think there's going to be more wow moments with Baker Mayfield. I think we're going to look a little bit closer at Baker Mayfield than we do the others because of the fact he's the quarterback of the Browns. And if they start winning games, even semi-regularly, he's done something that a quarterback hasn't managed to do for that franchise for a long, long time. And I think a big, a big advantage that Baker Mayfield's got over the rest of them is the players he's got to operate with. He's got Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, the tight end, Antonio Callaway, who would have been a first-round draft pick, but he had some issues off the field at Florida. He's probably got the best weapons of the rookie class. If you think about the the Jets and the Cardinals and the Bills, they can't match up to the weapons that Baker Mayfield has. So I think everything's stacked in Mayfield's favour. To make the kind of impression potentially, Vern, that Robert Griffin III made when he was drafted by the Washington Redskins, Andrew Luck has turned out to be the better player of the two of them. But the initial early impact, Robert Griffin III was was Rookie of the Year over Andrew Luck because he was making the kind of plays that I think we might see Baker Mayfield make. So I think short term Mayfield, long term Darnold. But by the way, will we see a better or more surprising individual performance this season that we saw from? Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, against the Vikings on Sunday. Where did that that come from? We haven't even mentioned that. And by the third quarter, fantasy football
0: numbers, Kirk Cousins had minus three points. How Um, do you know that? Because I was facing our executive (laughs) producer, Simon Cross's team. (laughs) Oh, he's giving me me the middle finger flute. (laughs) Is he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it was a shocking performance by the
2: Vikings. It was. It was. It was Do you know what? And I think I think in the next two weeks or two of the next three games they've got are against the Rams and the Eagles. I mean these guys could oh, be. Wow. They could be in a real hole after about week five or six. I mean yeah. they they were one of the favourites to win it, but. They just don't look the same. Darren. I just want to pick
0: up on something that you said about Baker Mayfield being the guy yeah. who will have the best career up to the end of next season. Yeah, you, men- you mentioned Robert Griffin III, right? Yeah. And you said that, yeah, initially in the NFL, he had an outstanding season. Everyone was talking about him. But he yeah. got cut because he got injured. Now, mm. if you look at Baker Mayfield, he's not that big. No. He's a small quarterback who likes to run the football. And I think... In the NFL, in this modern age of the NFL, I think a quarterback who risks himself running out the pocket, running downfield, timing his slide right, I think you're entering dangerous ground by putting your body on the line. And these quarterbacks don't necessarily survive. There's one guy who has survived and one guy who does it really, really well, and that's Cam Newton at the Carolina Panthers. However, Cam, New- massive. Cam Newton is six foot six. He yeah. weighs 260 pounds. He's heavier than the majority yeah. of linebackers in the NFL. That's why he gets away with putting his body on the line. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is physically fit to play the game that he's been accustomed to in college. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to make a name running the ball and getting out of the pocket. But, as always, I take your point, I hold my hands up, and I will wait to see what happens by the
2: end of next season. What I'd say, though, Vernon on that, just to finish it off, is that if all of these quarterbacks this, this season finish 6-10, and 10, the most praise will go to Baker Mayfield because he's done it with the Cleveland with Browns. The Cleveland he's Browns. the first overall pick. Without Josh Gordon. He a, yeah, he was a surprise first overall pick. So I think that the... the um, what's the word? The, the impression that he leaves will be a stronger impression than the others will leave early in their career. Yeah, but I, I think as that. it moves on and the Jets retool and get better, yeah. I think Darnold ultimately will stand above all of them as, as, as the best of the lot. Well, but if I... they
0: get Bell, it'll take pressure off him, won't it? And yeah, it'll distract yeah. the attention. You know, it would be like the yeah. pressure then is put on Le'Veon Bell's shoulder pads, not the quarterbacks, Ooh. you know. So yeah. we'll see. And let, just another point, Jarvis Landry so far is putting up good numbers. He is, so, yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has got a, a couple of weapons, you know, that he can. Mm. And they, they've got the the running back Carlos Hyde. Is isn't he like the leading rusher in the NFL at the moment? I think.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's got the, He's he's got people around him on offense. When yeah. you're as bad as they've been for that long, <laughs> you have to acquire good players. It's virtually <laughs> impossible to. <laughs> so. so there are a few on there because they've just been so bad for so long. So he might just be the beneficiary of all that before. Good old Jimmy Haslam decides to balls it up again for, for them all. So there you go. All last right. one then, pick six. All right. Now, you promised a Menelik Watson update last week. Yeah. He was cut by Denver, hasn't fulfilled his promise as a high second rounder. Um, it's been an injury-hit career for him so far, the lad from Manchester. What are you hearing, Verne? What's happening? Is he going to play again? Well,
0: he's had interest. I heard from his agent. I spoke to his agent. uh And he's had interest from the Jags, interestingly right. enough, uh, the Texans, the Bills... And the Dolphins. So there's okay. a lot of inquiries. I think by the end of the season, he'll definitely, well, by the end of the next couple of weeks, I think he'll be on a team. But also, uh, most importantly, been invited to his wedding. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So looking forward to that. I don't know. Uh, well, where, when? Well, I've not had the invite yet. I've not had the invite yet. But, well, you've not uh, been
2: invited till you get the invite?
0: Well, oh, really? I've had to yeah, save the yeah. date.
2: Is that count? Well, yeah. I suppose, but, yeah, but where is it?
0: I don't know. It just says, save the date.
2: We're getting well, married. So, well, he needs to tell you where it is, otherwise you can't go. i
0: tell you what, I hope it's in the United States of America. I
2: know you do. Know, I know you <laughs> do. Knowing,
0: knowing your look, it'll be
2: in Manchester. Yeah, I know. Do
0: you know, in Withenshaw yeah. somewhere, or Fallowfield.
2: The reception on the Curry Mile. It'd because be what,
0: what I'm hoping for is a picture of myself in the middle, stood next to Menlick and Donald Penn. All right. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two That's huge exactly. offensive linemen and then yeah. this skinny guy from Bolton in the middle of them. Who's told you that? Who's told me what? think you're a skinny guy. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, I get it all the time. <laughs> I think it, I think it's... Kind of, uh, I apologise. I, like, what, you're I what enjoyed mean?
2: the applause. I like oh, the yeah.
0: applause. I thought you... No, no, yeah. no. I think it stuck with me because I was uh, at school I was just a lanky streak of piss is what they used to call me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fantastic. All uh, right.
0: right. It's two-minute warning, Darren. You never know what you're going to do. You never know what we're going to do. Strap yourselves in. Are you ready? Ready. We yeah. are three, coming up to four games into this season. Wembley yeah. is abound. It's almost upon us. Looking at the All teams right. that are going to take part in our three games in the UK, who do you think has had the biggest impact on the league so far and which of those three games, as it stands, three games in, will be the best one to watch as a viewer?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for the obvious one. I'm gonna go for the Eagles against the Jags. Because I think by the time the playoffs come around, both of them are gonna be involved. It's a potential Super Bowl matchup, you've gotta say that, even though I don't think the Eagles are gonna get back again, they've got the potential to do it. So I think that's gonna be the best one to watch because they are two genuine big hitters in the NFL going head to head in London. I'm going to surprise you a little bit when you ask the other part of the question, which is which of those teams have had the biggest impact on the league so far? And I've got to say the Oakland Raiders because they've made more headlines than anybody else. John Gruden seems to be having a massively negative impact on the team in general. It's kind of proof that you can't go into a television booth for all those years and come back and get it right straight away. They've made one of the most baffling trades I've ever seen in the history of the NFL by trading away Khalil Mack you know, the rule is you never trade away a superstar, and that's exactly what they've done. So I think the biggest impact has been made by John Gruden and the Raiders, and I think the, team, the teams I'm really looking forward to playing against each other are the Eagles and the Jacks. What about you? Well, I think that a good game to watch,
0: right, it, it's, got, it's got to be the Tennessee Titans and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, surely. Because if you look at what's going on with the Chargers, they, they, they've got an explosive offense. You know, they're putting up numerous points. All right, they didn't beat the Rams, but... They scored a lot of points. And I think Philip Rivers has got some weapons now that he can use. They've got the second-year receiver out of Clemson, who seems to have found his ground. Williams, I think his name is. George. Yeah, Mike Williams. Mike Williams, yeah. Mike yeah. Williams, yeah. yeah. Big unit. Yeah. Uh, they're scoring points. But also the Tennessee Titans. All right, Mariotta uh, had to stand in for the backup quarterback, even though he's injured. I think the Tennessee Titans' Chargers game is going to be one to watch. I think it's going to be a really exciting game, and I think it'll surprise a lot of people.
2: Okay, what about the impact bit? we're
0: done. Two minutes are up, Darren.
2: Oh, okay. I know,
0: I know, I know, but That's I think okay. the, char- I, I'll, I'll stick with the Chargers. I think I, I had a pop at Philip Rivers in the first fumble of the season, but I, I'm not taking it back. Uh, but I um. think Philip Rivers will uh, have a good impact for the rest of the season on the uh, LA Chargers. Right, that's it. Darren, thank you very much as always. That's it.
2: Been brilliant. Thank you very
0: much. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. We appreciate it wherever you are across the globe. Uh, Thank you very much for subscribing. Give us a review. Our numbers are climbing. Uh, We're doing really, really well and we really appreciate it because it's a lot of fun talking absolute gobbledygook sometimes about the NFL. Uh, It's a Shooting Shark production. Give us a Google... Let me just say, let me just
2: say as well, before you do the Shooting Shark bit, I don't want to... blow our trumpet but I'm going to we've been right on a lot of things so far this season yes we have just we have you know whether whether it's pure bloody fluke but we've been right (laughs) right. it just it just proves that when you do a podcast you can do what you do on grand national day you can stick the pin in the page and every now and again you get it right but we've got quite a few things right and I I would like to think now that people can go and comment uh, on the podcast on iTunes Move us up the charts because they can start to believe in us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, thanks. when they first started listening, they were kind of saying, oh, these two pellets won't last five minutes. They'll be talking nonsense. They're <laughs> the main. They're the main. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're right we've got one or two things right that I think you know you could bizarrely get a bit of credit for but you never know anyway uh,
0: I love the fact that Darren you just said you want to be Michael Irving because of the things going to get up to in the book <laughs> Boys Will Be Boys that's a classic and that's where we're going to leave it uh, go and read that book find out why Darren wants to be Michael Irving <laughs> in Boys Will Be Boys it's a very very funny story It's a, it's, it's got everything honest it's like uh, it's like five episodes of Dallas Dynasty and Falcon Crest all put into one uh, it has been a Shooting Shark production we'll see you next week have a great fantasy
2: weekend. We bid you farewell. Thanks, Darren. Cheers, pal.